No matter what multiverse or universe or galaxy you go to, there's nothing stronger than love because God is love. And again, love is not a pushover. Well, hello, everybody. This is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, as you know, we've been in a series entitled The L Word. This is part number five. And today's message is really going to get deep into the heart and matter of love, how love looks and how it feels and how we can react to it and relate. Remember, God is love and it is because of his love that you and I are here today and we were created to love, created in love and created by love. I mean, it's it's wonderful. I can't wait for you to hear it. Now, don't forget, if you haven't heard the entire series, go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear the entire series. Now, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast or to our Roku channel and so much more. To find those links, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. We'll see you there. All right, without any further ado, here comes today's message, which is part number five of the series, The L Word. We're going to talk about love right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Tonight, we're going to be talking about uh, the love walk or walking in love. Love is so important. Now, as we said before, love is not weakness. It takes incredible strength to walk in love. Now, the only way for you really to know the true measure or strength of the love that you walk in is when your love is tested, is when your love is tried. As long as you are around people that love you and people that think well of you, you really can't see the strength of your love. But it's only until, it's not until, should we say, you walk around those who are not loving that you see really and they may attack you or berate you or say hateful things to you and then at the same time they're saying these things but love comes out of you you begin to see the strength of your love even when you have an, you have an occasion to walk in unforgiveness with someone but you choose rather to walk in love and forgive them. We see the strength of your love. So you won't know, we won't know truly how much love muscle we have developed until something unloving happens. We'll all be tested. And I pray that in that moment of testing, trial, in that moment of squeezing, I pray that we'll see the love of God begin to surface and come forth. This is one thing that Paul said, and we didn't, uh, this is not in your notes. This is, uh, let me give you something fresh here. As he said, um, I believe in, over in 1 Corinthians that <clears throat> he said, at least when I preach to others, I myself become a castaway. He said, after I have preached to others, it's possible to become a castaway. Now, a castaway meaning someone that is disqualified or someone that is rejected, but a castaway not in the sense of losing salvation, a castaway in the sense of failing a test. After we have preached, after we have proclaimed, after you have preached to family and to friends, 
You know, if you have not developed those spiritual muscles, if you have not uh, developed that sense of knowing God, uh, you, if we have not cultivated a relationship with love, when that time of testing comes, we'll fail. We'll fail. And as pastors or, or ministers, those that get up before the people constantly every week, I have to, I have to make sure that I guard myself against that because it's easy uh, to, to prepare for a message. It's easy to seek God for a message. Well, let me say it's not so easy to prepare, but it's easy to get into the rut, so to speak, of only preparing for a message and not getting a message for me, not feeding myself. If I have to prepare for Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, some Saturdays, and then Sunday again, hey, Lord, I need something to say. I need something to say. What do you want me to say to your people? What do you want me to say to your people? You understand? But it is much easier to preach what you live than to live what you preach. It's much easier to teach out of the saucer of your experience, to teach out of your overflow, than to try to find something new and preach out of that. You understand what I'm saying to you? All right. So let's look at this tonight. Um, and as we're doing this now, again, we're, we're in this love message, and you are allowing God to fill you with his love. You're allowing him to uh, have encounters with you, and I pray that you are asking God to give you encounters with his love, because love is powerful. Again, love is not weak. Love is not weak. Love is extremely strong, if we can say the word extremely. It is immeasurable. Now, love for us may not always look like love, but it is love. Remember, the same God that made heaven, God is love, is the same God that also made hell. And hell may not look like an act of love, but it actually is. And this, uh, let me just go here for a second. And I'll stand on this point until somebody uh, gives me a word that's off of this. How is hell an act of love? Well, remember, heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. Our father is authority max. He is all-powerful and has all authority and is all authority, okay? Think about it for a moment. Let's say you've done something wrong, and uh, let's go back to the classroom experience. And you know that you have just done something wrong, and the teacher is standing there in front of you, or the principal is standing there in front of you, and you feel guilty. You know that you have been caught in doing something wrong. And that feels horrible, doesn't it? You know you are no longer covered by the lie or, or, or by the deception. You have been found out, and you're standing in front of the authority, and it's a, it's, a, it's a certain level of pain associated with that when you know that you are in trouble. Standing in front of mom or daddy, ooh, I'm sorry. Standing in front of whoever, or maybe, getting, uh, maybe have gotten pulled over by the cops. Because you've been a bad boy, bad boy, what you going to do? Been pulled over by the cops and you see those blue lights flashing. That doesn't feel good to know that you've been found out. You know that you have done something wrong and you know that your wrongness is no longer covered. You have been, uh, your wrongness or your wrong has been revealed. And now the officials, now the authority is standing in front of you. The judge is standing in front of you. 
It's not a good feeling. There is no love to, uh, you know, to cover that or no, let me say it this way, no darkness to cover that. You, you are exposed. All right. Let's say a person dies. And in the spirit world is not like this world. In this world, you can cover yourself. You can try to pretend that we're not this or not that. But when you leave your body, everything you are is completely revealed. We see that you have your hand in the cookie jar. Well, imagine that person standing in front of the presence of God, in the presence of God forever. You think it feels bad for a principal to find you or mommy or daddy to find you or the cops to find you. And you feel that weight and that amount of discomfort. You haven't felt the terror of the Lord. The terror of the Lord is much more, way more horrible than hell. Okay, we'll look at that next week then, won't we? The devil ain't got nothing on the Father. Nothing. And so instead of that person standing in the presence of God for an eternity, feeling that weight of judgment, because understand that person has not, if that person has not received Christ, there is no grace covering them. The blood of Jesus has not washed their sins away. It has not. And so they're standing before God for an eternity, no covering, everything exposed. The weight of that is more horrific than hell any day. And so instead of, this is what love does, instead of you standing before me and you feeling the weight of my absolute holiness, of my absolute rightness, Remember, even those who, who serve God, like Isaiah, you know, when he stood in the presence of the Lord and uh, he fell down in God's presence in the book of Isaiah and said, woe is me. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm among a people who have, you know, I have unclean lips and I dwell among a people with unclean lips. He realized his sin just in that moment. He was a prophet of God serving the Lord. Even John, uh, John the Revelator, um, when he saw Jesus in the book of Revelation, he fell before him as a dead man. Absolutely holy. Our Father is absolutely powerful, absolutely holy. He is absolute. And unless we have been covered by the blood of Jesus, unless we stand in his love, unless we have been prepared for that eternal experience, you won't survive. So where else can a person go? Can't stay in heaven. Well, why not go to a place where your, where your sins can be covered in darkness? There's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth down there. There's going to be torment down there. But that's no comparison to that of being in the presence of God and you're not ready. Ooh. Are you hearing me? Love is merciful. Love is kind. Love is just. Love is. Are you hearing me, everybody? Oh, this is so wonderful. I didn't expect to go there, but we were there. All right, going back now to love, the operation of love. So you are being prepared now to spend an eternity in love and with love. And the Bible is very clear 
that how can you say you love God and you don't love your neighbor who you see every day? You've never seen God, but how can you say you love God, but you don't love the one that you see every day? It's not true. It's not possible. It's not possible. Let's talk about the operations of love, and I really want to get into this tonight, so let's, let's hurry on. Uh, Galatians, the fifth chapter, Galatians 5, verse 6. I want you to see how love begins to operate here. Galatians 5, verse 6 out of the King James Version says, For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. So you want to be powerful in God? You're going to see this tonight. Unless you have love, your faith won't even work. Faith works by love. Look at this same verse out of the Amplified Bible. It says it this way. For if we are in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith activated and energized and expressed and working through love. Your faith is is activated and energized and expressed and works through love or working through love. It, It takes love. In other words, love is the battery, if you will, in your device, in your faith device. Love is the power source that makes it move. Love, love. Are you hearing? And let me show you a couple more. Let's go to Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 15. Ephesians, the fourth chapter, verse 15. Listen to how this reads out of the um, uh, NIV. And it says, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. We speak truth in love. So our faith works by love, and we speak truth in love. And as we speak truth in love, we begin to grow into every, uh, in every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. As we speak truth in love, we begin to grow. Now, the Bible says we speak truth in love, speak truth in love. So truth can be spoken, but not in love. Truth can be, can be spoken uh, with words of criticism. You know, oh, your shoes are awful, you know, or whatever, whatever type of criticism. You can speak truth in love or speak it in criticism. You can speak it in hate. You can speak it in resentment. But only truth that is spoken in love, with love, will actually cause you to grow, will actually cause you to grow and to mature, and will actually benefit the other person, speaking truth in love. Now, look at Ephesians, the fifth chapter, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2, and it says this, Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love, as Christ also hath loved us, and hath given himself for an or hath given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. So we can actually walk in love. Walk in love, walk with love. The word in can be also interpreted with and by. That is, every day, every moment, I know it is the Father's desire that we be surrounded by his love. His love should be our, uh, our shield. His love should be our constant source of protection, our constant source 
of comfort, the love of God. And this is why I know that even as the early Christians, when they were uh, thrown to the lions, when they were many were drawn and quartered, I mean, died horrible deaths, they chose to do that rather than denounce Christ, knowing that they would receive the better, a better resurrection, knowing that God would be with them. And they can do that being sheltered by his love, knowing that the Father loves you, I'm telling you, in experiencing his love will change your entire life. Will change your entire life. One moment in the presence of love, pure, utter love, will change the way you see you, will change the way you see others. One moment in love, in the love of God. So this is why we need to earnestly seek him to know his love. Because as we know the love of God, uh, we dwell, begin to dwell in the perfect love of God, and all fear, self-doubt, uh, and, um, and all these negative things that we feel about ourselves will begin to diminish. Once you know that someone really loves you, once you know that God loves you, you'll find that his love will cover the multitude of your faults, the multitude of your sins. Even though you think yourself small and insignificant, when you truly experience the love of Christ, the love of God, you'll see your worth. You begin to experience your real, your real worth and your real value through his eyes, through his eyes. Are you hearing? So let's talk about a little bit more about how love looks and what love does. So for that, let's go to 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, 1 Corinthians 13, verses one um, one through three, uh, the King James Version will go there first. I'll read it. And it says this, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned and have not charity, it profits me nothing. We're going to stop right there for a second. Let's look at these three verses. We're going to see what, um, what love is and what love is not. Now, when the Bible says, the King James uses the word charity. If you look that word charity up in the Greek, you'll find that the word charity means agape, the love of God, agape. And I hope that's not a foreign word to you because we've been saying that an awful lot in these series. Agape. So when you see the word charity, it means agape, the love of God. So let's go back one more time. And I want you to see a few things here. It says, for though, rather, verse number one, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not agape, have not love, have not agape, I am become a sounding brass or a tingling, uh, or rather, um, tinkling symbol. Now notice what it says here. It says, if I don't have love, if I don't have love or if I don't walk in love, if I don't have love and if love does not have me, my communication, because it says if I speak with tongues of men and of angels, 
Tongues talks about communication. I'm speaking to you, you're speaking to me. So if I can speak eloquently and know all the big words among mankind, and I have mastered the human language, mastered uh, English and all all other sorts of languages, if I have mastered them, and if I can only, and if I can also uh, communicate with angels, with the tongue of angels, speak a supernatural language, But if I don't have love, if I'm not walking in love, not surrounded in love, not have, if I have not given myself to love, my communication sounds like noise. Symbols that are crashing. Bing, bing, bing. So when you try to communicate with other people and even try to communicate in the supernatural, if you don't have love, your words are striking, but it's striking with noise. They're not understood because love ensures you of having proper communication. Does that make sense? He said, if I don't have it, if I don't walk in love, if I, if I don't have the agape, then my communication sounds like noise. But if I have the love of God, then I'm effectively communicating with people and I'm effectively communicating in the supernatural as well. Does that make sense? Let's look at the second one. He says, though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge. All right, he says, though I have the gift of prophecy. In other words, I can hear from God. I hear God's voice and I can tell you what God said. Or I can reveal to you something that is to come. I can prophesy and tell you the lottery numbers for next week. I can prophesy. Though I have prophecy, and though, I mean, I'm really flowing. I mean, this person is really flowing. And understand all mysteries. Yes, I know the cure for cancer. Yes, I can tell you this. Yes, I can tell you that. I understand it all. And I have all knowledge. I know everything. I know more than Google. I know it all. He says, uh, and have faith so that I can move mountains, do the impossible, do miracles. I mean, this person is really flowing in it, Right? But he says, but if you don't have agape, if you don't have love, he says, I am nothing. I am nothing. In other words, I am no one. This word nothing uh, interprets no one. I am no one. I am nobody. This is a person that has no value and is not respected. Though you can do all these things, you can listen to God and tell tell people what God is saying. You have all this faith. You can move mountains. You understand all mysteries and you have all knowledge. But if you're not walking in agape, you're nothing. No one respects you. You're of no value. Are you hearing what's being said here? Look at verse three. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, I give everything away that I have. Everything, including the shirt off your back, the shoes off your feet, all your goods. It says all my goods to feed the poor. You sold everything and you gave the money and you bought bought the food and you gave it all to the poor. And it says, and though I give my body to be burned, self-sacrificing, you threw your, your body on the flames, on the fire to serve others, to save others. And it said, but it said, and have not charity, have not agape. 
it profits me nothing. In other words, there is no return on your, on your uh, selfless acts. Now think about it. How terrible is this? Someone that goes, they, they give their body to be burned or they endure hardships for the sake of others. They endure hardship for the sake of others and they die and then they stand before Jesus and say, Jesus, hey, I, I sacrificed myself just like you did so that others could live. He say, uh, but there's no love there. That doesn't count. That was worthless, a worthless sacrifice. You gave all of yourself to feed the poor and stand for the, stand for the Lord. If you didn't have love, that's worthless. There's no return on your giving. This is how important love is. Are you hearing? So the, it says, so there's no, verse 3 tells us that there is no return on, your, on, on our selfless actions. There is nothing. There is no gain, no profit. There is no promotion, no exaltation. Without love, it won't, it won't even matter. It won't even matter. So, Think about it, with these three verses, verse one, two, and three, this tells us that love ensures our communication. Love, as we walk in love, you'll be respected and a person of value, respected and a person of value to others, and you'll also have gain, you'll profit, uh, you'll have promotion and exaltation if you're walking in love. In other words, if we don't get this love walk right, the things that we're doing here in this life can be in vain. As you stand before the Lord. Now, I'll feel better if you, let's say you sell off everything you got and you give the money to me, I'll feel better. But as far as you getting credit with God, it's not going to be there if you don't have love. Does that make sense to you? Are y'all with me tonight? All right, so let's go a little bit deeper as we go down. I want to read to you uh, verses uh, 4 through 8. Same 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, verses 4 through 8 of the New Living Translation because it, it further breaks us down. Now, I want you to know something that's happening here. If you would look back, now this is 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter. If you would look back into 1 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and even look forth, Uh, forward in the 14th chapter, you'll see how Paul is talking about spiritual gifts, spiritual gifts, Uh, talking about prophecy and, and of course, tongues and and interpretation of tongues and how everybody has a gift and and, uh, how everybody can be used of the Spirit uh, to do supernatural works. And so those in the Corinthian church were, you know, they were very excited about the, about the gifts. And some were becoming very haughty and very puffed up and very proud. And Paul was telling them, hey, yes, you can have all of these gifts, but if you don't have love while you're operating in these things, it means nothing. And there are still people today, still people today, that may operate in a gift and be puffed up in pride and be, be haughty and, and all of these things, but have not love. Their gift is useless, no profit to them. Does that make sense? I want you to see this. 
And so he goes on down, the Lord goes on down, he uses, uh, he uses Paul to, to give us these truths about love and how love operates and how it actually looks. So verse four through verse eight is a snapshot. This is what you would call a selfie of love. So let's look at love selfie here. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. Verse 8, prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last how long? Forever. Love will last forever. If we look down at verse number 13, 1 Corinthians 13, 13, of New Living Translation, it says, three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is, is love. Get your love walk right. Make love your top priority to understand love, to walk in love, to function with love. Make the love of God, make agape your top priority. So let's look again at, uh, for the time that we have left, let's look again at verse number four. It says, love is patient and is kind. So you are a child of love. You were born of love, born for, for love, born to be loved, and born to love. Are you with me? Love is in your nature. Love is who you are. You can't deny that. If you are, in fact, a child of God, if you are born again, if the Father, if God the Father is your Father through the born-again experience, through, that is, through Jesus Christ, if you were born of the Spirit, hallelujah, then love is in your DNA. Love is in your nature. But if we say, well, I find it hard to love, well, it's in there. That must mean, if you say you find it hard to love, that must mean that there's something encrusted over your heart or encrusted over your soul that is preventing you from expressing love fully. That could mean that there are hurts and, and other things that we have thought or other things that we have imagined. Um, we've endured different experiences that can dull our senses, that can make us dull and make it difficult for us to love, difficult for us to be who we really are. Are you hearing? So this is why we're asking the Holy Spirit, show us this love and heal my heart so that I can manifest who I really am, so that I can manifest the love that you have placed on the inside of me. Because I tell you, as you are born of God, it should be easy to love. And you have to believe this. It should be easy for us to love, easy for us to love those that love us, and just as easy for us to love those who do not love us. 
Just as easy for us to love those who are patient with us, just as easy for us to love those who are impatient with us. Why? Because you are a child of love. Love lives inside of you in the form of God's spirit. So if we say it's hard for me to love, I can't love, I can't forgive, I walk in bitterness, all of that's, if you're born again, all of that's because bitterness and unforgiveness is because something is in the heart that is crowding the love over. Something has gotten in the heart. Something has gotten in the soul, and you can't see it, but love is there. It's there. It's, it, it's, it's beneath the surface, and I tell you, it's there, and the heart of love is beating, beating. But what's going to take, what's, it's going to take some time is us being healed and that covering that's over that being removed so that you can manifest who you really are and who God really is in you. Does that make sense? But you are a child of love. As you are born of God, born again, you are a child of love. You were created to love, created to be loved, and created to love. Praise God. All right, so here again, this is who you are. This not only describes love, but this also describes your true nature. So when your nature does not line up with this, then we've got to pray against, we've got to pray and say, Lord, hey, you said love is patient and is kind. So I am a child of love. Love is on the inside of me. Christ lives inside of me, and I am in Christ. I am one with you. We are one. So you say love is patient and love is kind, then I must be patient and I must be kind. Now, when I say must be, I'm not saying that you're going to force yourself to become that. No, you shouldn't have to force yourself to do it. But what I'm telling you is that you have the opportunity to manifest what you already are. An apple tree shouldn't say, oh, I must produce apples, I must produce apples, no. You just make sure you give it enough water and enough sunlight, and it's going to produce it. Are you hearing? But you must know what truth is so that you can pray in line with it. So if you say, Lord, I feel uh, impatient, and the way I said that, where I did that was unkind. Father, I repent of that. That's not me. And I ask you to manifest your love, manifest your patience and your kindness through me. So this is your prayer list. This is who you really are. Regardless of our experiences, regardless of how we have felt about ourselves, or regardless of how we have acted in the past, this is who we are. This is a snapshot of love, and you are a child of love, born of love, born to be loved, and born to love. Love is in your DNA, so this is who you really are. You are really patient, and you are really kind. You are not jealous. You are not boastful. You are not proud. You are not rude. You do not demand your own way. You are not irritable. You don't keep records of being wronged. You don't rejoice about injustice, but you rejoice whenever the truth wins out. You never give up. Love never gives up. In other words, you'll never stop having patience for someone. You'll never give up on them. They may give up on themselves, but love doesn't give up. How do we know that? One reason we know because the, the word says it and God has never given up on you. 
regardless of how many times we've sinned in that same area over and over and over and over again. He has never given up on you. He has always seen the best in you. Always seen the best in you. He's always spoken the best about you. That's love. And this is in your nature. This is your, in your DNA. It's you. This is who you are. You have to identify with it. So I don't want us to say, yes, this is how God is. Woo, yes, Lord, this is how you are. Great, Lord, and that is true. This is how God is. This is a snapshot of God. But understand, God lives in you. You were born of God. You have the DNA of God through Christ Jesus. You are one with the Father through Jesus Christ our Lord. And the Bible says, as Jesus is, so are we in in this world. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. You are formed in his image and after his likeness. Glory to God. That's the Father's delight. That's his pleasure that he would see him inside of you. And I'm telling you, it's true. He's there. The love of God really resides in you. And love is the strongest, most powerful substance there is, period. No matter what multiverse or universe or galaxy you go to, there's nothing stronger than love because God is love. And again, love is not a pushover. Love is not a pushover. Let me give another example about that. You remember the young rich ruler that came to Jesus? And uh, he asked the Lord, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus said, hey, you know the commandments. Don't do this, don't do that. He said, well, I've done all that for my youth up. What do I lack? He says, go and sell all you got and uh, give it to the poor and come and follow me. Jesus looked at him. The Bible said he looked at him and he loved him. And he let that man walk away. Oh, what do you mean he let that man walk away? Isn't Jesus love and won't love go run after people? He let that man walk away. He let him walk. It was his choice because love will not bind you. Love will not force you. Now, surely there'll be others later on that would, be, that would minister to this man. Surely he'll have time to contemplate his actions. He didn't die at that point. He could have time to repent. But love let him walk. Think about the prodigal son, the father. So it's love. The father of the prodigal son knew what the prodigal son was going to do, the lost son was going to do. He gave him his money, and he let him go out there to spend his money on the prostitutes and the riotous living and all of that. He let him go because love does not restrain you. If, you, if someone tells you, I love you because I love you, I'm going to lock you up in this house so nothing will ever happen to you again. I'll keep the, I'll keep the key and I'm going to lock you in here and I'll give you your TV and your food and everything you got. It's a prison. It may be a pretty prison, but it's still a prison. You call that some stalkery stuff. Love will release. Love will release. I remember one song that said, you know, your happiness is all I want. If it's not with me, then I understand. If you can find happiness somewhere else, 
then I understand. I release you. Because love does not restrain. Love does not shackle you and force you to stay with it. Love will allow you to walk away. Okay? But he also loves you enough if you're in fellowship with him to, go, to leave the 99 and go after the one and try to restore fellowship. You understand? But love will let you walk off. He'll let you walk away. So again, this is who you are. And I want you to see this and we're going to close out. So verse 7 says again, love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. And, it, and some people say, you know, why can't I just let it go? Why do I always uh, same, uh, why do I always hope for the best? I want to let go of the hope. I want to throw in the towel. Why can't I let it go? It seems like every time I want to stop believing, it surges up again. I want to stop. Love never fails. It never runs out. It's always hopeful. It endures every or all circumstances. Now look at this, and we're closing here. Look at 1 Corinthians, the 14th chapter, the very next chapter over. Very next chapter over. I want you to look at the first line here, and this really brings it up. This is uh, 1 Corinthians 14, verses 1 through 5, but look at verse number 1. It says, let love be your what? Your highest goal. So if you needed more um, confidence or more assurance, here it is. Let love be your highest goal. But you should also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. And he's going to tell us why in a moment. Verse 2 says, For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be talking only to God, since people won't be able to understand you. You will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Verse 3, but one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. A person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally, but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I wish you uh, could all speak in tongues, but even more, I wish you would all prophesy. For prophecy is greater than speaking in tongues unless someone interprets what you are saying, what you are saying, so that the whole church will be strengthened. So let's stop there for a moment. He says, let love be your highest goal. And then he says, I want you to desire to prophesy. I want you to desire to prophesy. Why? Because that's an act of love. Whether you are encouraging someone, you're hearing from the Father. God told me to tell you this. And the Father speaks words of love and encouragement and exaltation. He can also speak words of correction. But his words of correction are always in love. He speaks love. He speaks the truth in love. Love uh, love can correct and will oftentimes correct us. If you see me walking or you see a person walking down a street and you in one direction and you just came from that direction and you know there's a big old snake down there in the road and it's at night 
and you don't tell that person because, well, I may hurt their feelings. That's not love. Are you hearing me? That's not love. Love will correct, but correction is done in love. Correction is done in love. So again, I pray that tonight that um, you've gotten something out of this and that you will desire to walk in love for the rest of the days of your life. Because I'm telling you, as we experience the love of God and understand his love in it, and as you desire to be rooted and grounded in his love, your whole life changes. So Father, I pray for our online community that's, uh, that's right now joining us. Lord, I pray for them. Lord, I pray for my friend that's right now watching. And Lord, I pray that they too will experience the love of God that comes through Christ Jesus. I pray that today, Lord, that you will heal their, heal their hearts like you have healed ours, that you would make them whole, and that they too will be able to walk in the perfect love of Christ. We love you, my friends, and uh, we we'll ask you just go to our website sometime and visit us. Those of you that are listening and those of you, you that are watching the live broadcast or even watching the replay or listening to the replay, make sure you come and con- make sure you connect with us on our website at www.kingdomrock.org. You have a good evening, good day, or good morning, wherever you're watching. We love you, and we'll be praying with you. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.